0: Cradlein Network You <laughs> dog earthlets. My name is Conrad. Alongside my friend Fox, it's the two hundred and fifty second episode of Space Spitter two thousand. Oh, Yeah, listen, a podcast for two Americans trying to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD for February 1992, progs 768 to 771. This time, Dread brings justice to outer space, Skiz makes a new friend, Durham Red heats up, and Finn
1: is here to squash some newts. Yeah, he does that. It's the best thing that I can say. I, I, jury's really out for me on that one. It seems pretty rad.
0: You know, early days still. We sort of, you know, we're we're working our way into it. Certainly, I like me if a good you re- pentagram. Yeah. Well, listen. I hope you then. You're I, then. Uh, I hope you will be well pleased with the pentagram with the pagan um, symbolism action that's uh, still to come. Hurrah! <laughs> And if you want to read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dread the Complete Case File 16, The Complete Skiz, and the Judge Dread magazine numbers 319 and 329. Alright. Yeah. Interesting times, this sort of I feel like we're just like this early period of 92 is really um. Really, we're getting into the '92ness of it, I guess, between Finn and a couple other stories coming. Well, no, but I don't know, like, of just starting thrills that I really associate with '90s 2000 AD. Okay, in a way that we haven't been, or sorry, with some of the more long-running thrills of nine of oh, the early okay. ni- of the of the '90s, I guess. As opposed to some of the crazier one-offs like trash and dead meat or something uh, like that. God, trash. Uh, like Finn's gonna be a, be around for a while. We're gonna get Button Man pretty soon. It's you know, a whole bunch thing. of crazy stuff.
1: Watch out! He'll, yeah, he'll, he'll button you. It's like a you know Fasten, another term for your buttons. It's another term for a hitman, buddy. Oh, really?
0: Yeah he pushes your buttons until you're dead let's have this discussion <laughs> in a couple episodes you son of a bitch <laughs> until then speaking of betrayal from within Fox can't oh believe you're no selling button man let's talk about Thrill 1 Judge Dredd
1: we're drop we're under fire
0: gotta shoot you're this gonna, guy man yeah you're gonna eat these words when, you, when we get to button man you really like it you <laughs> bastard alright
1: <laughs> Script um,
0: robot. I'm pressing Conrad's buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling it. Don't like it. <laughs> Script robot, Garth Ennis, art robot, Peter Doherty, lettering robot, Tom Frame. So Fox Judge Dredd, he was on a routine patrol of space in the Justice One when a judge was murdered. And now someone's shooting at him as he investigates the area where the death took place. Dredd shoots back. Far too fast for this no good rocket jock. And I'm gonna admit, Fox, I've completely lost the names of all
1: the characters in this story. Uh, I apologize yeah, no, for do not I s I don't I don't know who they are anymore. Like no, the, they're all gonna well. Yeah, they're it's all gonna die. Ul- so it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Right.
0: It's it's like naming your goldfish. There's no money. There's no use in getting too attached
1: to them, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, you might as well name your goldfish, like, belly up. <laughs> hey, hey, bad pet owners, Conrad and Fox. All
0: right. <laughs> So the culprit runs, bumping into Judge Reed along the way and killing him. Literally, I know these characters' names; they shout their names as they die or something. Um, Dread Reed. finds Reed's body. I'm, I've
1: really connected with that character.
0: Yeah, Dread finds Reed's body, but the idiot dies before you can tell Dread the name of his killer. Come on, buddy. Uh,
1: he's like, "Oh, he's killed me." And he looked me in the eyes. It's like, "All right, bud. Come on, facts. You're not here for yeah." Me. <laughs> Jeez, you know, one killer radios the other and
0: hits a button to emergency close the bulkhead doors. Dread, though, has seen this movie, shoots the controls and pries the door open and gets the, other, you know, grabs the other street judges to help him out with all this stuff. One yeah, of the they're pilots.
1: Cleared.
0: Yeah. One of the pilots asks the, uh, the guilty pilot what's going on. And he just runs in and tosses her this, the lawgiver that Dear was used catch. to kill Reed. Yeah. And so. When Dread and Street Judges arrive, they sort of see three pilots, the innocent ones holding a gun. So there's sort of some, you know, mistaken identity stuff going on here.
1: Yeah. Look, I will shoot you. Put down the gun. Everybody get on their bellies.
0: Yeah. Unsure on who to arrest, Dread plans to take all three to Pluto and let Grud sort it out. When suddenly there's a proximity alert. Uh, a ship comes flying their way under attack from no good pirates. Babel
1: stations.
0: Yeah, Dredd has no choice but to let everybody get up and get to battle stations
1: because justice waits for no one. Man, especially not cool squid-faced pirate captains. Ugh, That's right. Yeah. So some space pirates prepare to board
0: the freighter Andorra. But what's that on the screen? It's the law! Oh,
1: gosh. We got to get out of here.
0: Yeah, Dread fires some forts, some, some torpedoes at these ships as they radio to their mothership for help, but instead explode in the big black. Dread knows there's other ships coming when suddenly a huge ship appears ahead of them. There's no time to jump away, but Dread has a plan. Get so close they can't shoot their missiles, then <laughs> dodge their close-up lasers and just shoot right
1: into their bridge. Yeah. Oh, and then drop a bunch of nuclear mines. Seems like... And it works! <laughs> it really does. It explodes... A really big bright light, everybody's dead.
0: There's a pretty good moment though when they shoot the bridge and it's like, oh, good shooting and just get the squid face captain says that because a laser beam has gone right through his chest. <laughs> He's just got a big got a big hole right in there. It's pretty solid. Man,
1: so cool looking.
0: Yeah. So the enemy ship is blown up, but the Justice One isn't fast enough and gets caught in the blast wave of the ship. Oh no.
1: Ah, dip. Now we gotta deal with a hole in the ship and engine things. Call not couldn't, couldn't quite couldn't quite
0: Millennium Falcon its way out of the blast radius, you know? Oh, man. So the Justice One has taken uh, heavy damage, including a big hole in the side of the hull. Dredd asks for an estimate, and the ship's engineer says they could probably get things flying about 10 to 15 hours. Jeez. Dredd goes to help Hawkins, the engineer, and has one of the street judges watch the crew. And these two murderers, Hayes and Carson, talk sneakily through, I guess, the ship's slack. Um, channel yeah. it seems like they sort of IM each other plans to take <laughs> they out the slip judge into here. the dms you know exactly they probably have already been slid into those dms that's how they plan oh, the murders
1: oh so true whatever in the first place mm, what you um, say
0: exact oh man so <laughs> The street judge sees these messages, but the crew attacks him. They tackle the judge and force him to blow his head off with his own lawgiver. Oh, God. no.
1: And they really show the exit wound there. And it's just like, oh, oh. <laughs> top yeah, of the helmet. Exit, exit wound through the helmet. Big pile of goo hanging out the bottom
0: of it. It's bad That's times. That's brain junk. That's right. So one of the crew, Hay, says that he's planned for this. And the robots aboard the ship have hostility circuits installed. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Though I'll say li- I've recently listened to an earlier episode of our podcast, Fox. Um yeah. wh- Where Dread went to the moon and there was that killer AI car or whatever. Yeah. And that AI and that killer car made a bunch of other cars killers by removing anti hostility circuits. <laughs> so it seems like they've managed to fix that technology up a little bit in the last 15 years or so.
1: I, I mean Where, I still like how uh you know it's a hostility circuit's been inserted because they get red eyes wherever their eye holes are.
0: Yeah, obvious that's just a that's just good design, Fox, of a robot. <laughs> like, is this ro like you know, if the robot's eyes glow red when it's gonna kill you, I feel like that's you know, that's just good signaling, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's like brake like- lights. You don't think about it, but they're important, you know?
1: <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs>
0: The brake lights of getting your ass killed, you know? Uh, So, nine and a half hours later, the engines are fixed. Hooray. Ahead of schedule, Um, man. Really nailed it. That's right. Dredd just – he stared several circuits into working automatically just with his (laughs) anger. Um, Hawkins radios, dead Judge Logan, that things are ready to go. And then he and the other uh, street judge are instantly killed
1: by angry robots. Man, yeah. One of them just sneaks up behind and is like, you know the drill. Drilling him right through the heart. Appreciate I really, it. I really, I really wish that that had been added in. That's mine. You got but, those hostility circuits, but not those
0: pun circuits,
1: you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. If you got a drill arm, you're going to drill someone through the heart, you know. That's how you know that these um, conspirators are frickin' amateurs,
0: buddy. <laughs> they didn't so about the puns. Um, so, Dread and the other and, and this one last crew member are finishing things up when they're also attacked by robots. This final human, this was the lady that got the gun tossed to her in the cockpit. She's killed,
1: and Dread, of course, has to deal with the remain with all these dang bots. Oh, I mean, not gonna be too tough. <laughs> shot one Dredd's bot, been, shot them all, man. Dred's been shooting bots in the face for fifteen years that we've seen. Fox
0: again, like back I, to like we used to record our uh, our our episode two, our our redone episode two. You know, oh like, yeah, he knows what he's doing.
1: You know, exactly. I mean, these people obviously didn't read about the robot wars or whatever. Nah, they're 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 young guys. They weren't around for it. They were just kids, you know. They're still in the academy.
0: Got to learn from that past, you know. Mm-hmm. So robots are coming after Dread, but his high-X rounds are taking him out pretty easily. Um he even makes his way to his lawmaster that's here and uses his bike cannons on him. Hell yeah. And- The remaining crew these conspirators are tired of giving Dreads a chance, so they open up the ship's uh, bay doors, hoping to drag them out into the vacuum. You know, they're hoping to aliens them here,
1: basically. And there's no way that's going to happen, because, man, there's an evacuation suit's just sitting right there. Yeah, well, luckily this seems to take like five minutes, so Dred (laughs) has
0: time to put on a vacuum suit, though not to actually check the seals of that suit, so there is, I guess some vague danger as he's sucked out into the void of space, but no, he's fine. Whatever. The killers breathe a sigh of relief and prepare to blast off when a voice comes through the radio. <laughs> it's dread outside the
1: ship with his lawgiver <laughs> raised. I like the shot where it's just his tiny floating body pointing the gun at the massive windshield. <laughs> it's good.
0: It, it, it reminds me actually of, a re- of an early, of that um, one... Dread, where he goes to the Black Atlantic or whatever, and like mm-hmm. there's this big there's like this big Soviet battle cruiser, and he's like, "All five thousand of you are under arrest," yeah. you know, that <laughs> kind of thing. thing. Um, anyway, he says to surrender or be killed. and They ask him to be reasonable. They even offer him a bribe to let him go. Oh, and that's stuff. even worse. That's that is a mistake. Dread's <laughs> not into it, and so when they go for the controls to blast off. He shoots them right through the windshield of the ship. We see this lady get shot right in the back of the head through <laughs> space and yeah. the windscreen. Which is pretty yeah. awesome, actually. God. And then this, of course, causes an explosive decompression inside the cockpit. We get a pretty awesome
1: image of the blowout of the ship here.
0: Um and they're both dead, of course.
1: Yeah, no, they are they're, they're they're guts now.
0: Yeah. Um
1: the cockpit, the judge
0: yeah, so anyway, um they're taken out and dread's free to float back into the into the ship and make contact with Pluto base for pickup. These judges wanted to leave the department and start lives of their own, and to do that they had to kill a half a dozen
1: judges, not while Dred's yeah, around. <laughs> Hell no. And I guess like, hey, let's go and like so I like how he, he just gets back. He goes back inside of the blown out cockpit because I guess it's just fine. And then radios to get the fuck out of there. Like, he's fine. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, you can hang out, I guess. Like, presumably you can find more oxygen tanks and stuff like that. It's not that big a deal. Um, next time on Dread, the cool killers. Oh, <laughs> That's cool. K-O-O-L-E. So freak out.
1: No, Okay. But, that was good.
0: Yeah, I would say this <clears throat> really gives credence – To um to the Star Trek style ship design versus say Star Wars, I guess. Yeah, because in Star Trek, the um the bridge is like actually pretty. As I understand it, the bridge is actually pretty deep in the middle of the ship, and they you know they put things on screen, right? Mm -hmm. Like presumably the Enterprise is covered in cameras, and so they can sort of watch through there from everywhere. Yeah. As opposed to ha- actually having goddamn windows on a starship, which seems like a
1: design flaw. <laughs> yeah, no, it feels like, you know, just a big enough small rock flies in through your window and just like, boop. All right, well, that sucks. Yeah. And space debris is everywhere, can- bro.
0: Yeah, and if you can have cameras, then why not just, why have the bridge be standing out in the open where, you know, people can see you and shoot at you <laughs> through the glass, <laughs> you know? Space, their little space suit. <laughs> yeah. You know, they got armor-piercing rounds. You got to be careful, you know? Exactly. I don't know. Anyway, hey, on the topic of um, airlocks getting blown out into oh, space rocks, I guess. <laughs> Just keep this motif going. Let's go to Thrill 2 Skiz. Oh, man. It's, it's cute, cute to be back. Definitely. Skiz Robot Jim Bakey, Art Robot Jim Bakey, Letting Robot Tom Frame. So, Fox Cornelius Cardew, he has his pride as well as a mysterious cylinder he found at a (laughs) construction site made of the same material as his friend Skiz's spaceship. He's got two things. He knows that. Yeah. Hiding in a forest, he sees a hitchhiker gets hassled and then headbutted by the local law. He gets Rambo first-blooded by these cops. (laughs) Yeah. An Australian vagabond, the craziest kind, (laughs) buddy. That's why you got to give him guff damn bogus waltz and matilda indeed you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah the hitchhiker australian bazzer norman i guess presumably first name related to director baz lerman um is later made a campfire in the woods which cornelius joins offering a rabbit for dinner <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: he's got his
1: pride and the cylinder
0: and a rabbit and a coney. Uh, Cornelius <laughs> is, of course, a man of few words, though he does mention wanting to go to Australia because he heard there were pipe fitting jobs there at one point.
1: Well, he saw it, he saw it in like a, a newspaper that was being used to like cradle some fruit. <laughs> yeah, he got fruit for, that was packed in Australian newspapers,
0: presumably. I don't know. He explains he's on the run because of the cylinder, which he wanted as a keepsake of his time with Skiz. Dazer seems perplexed when Cornelius starts talking about a spaceship. But speaking of, S- of Fox, Interpreter Zix is overseeing his robot jailers um, bring this hunk of ice he took a fancy to to his prison slash home on the planet Garp. Real
1: nice of them to do.
0: That's Okay. um last time he saw a face in the ice that looked like his old friend roxy
1: oh man and the droids
0: refuse yeah and the droids refuse to bring the ice inside it's apparently full of deadly gas that would be released if when the when the ice block uh defrosted no one likes that naughty gas yeah it's bad um (laughs) back on earth cornelius explains that Skiz was from wales well, actually, Tau Ceti, he's got sort of some weird, like, understandings of words here. Yeah. Um, and Bazar goes to look at the cylinder. It's got these finger-shaped divots on them. And when Bazar touches them, it sets off a light show of alien writing that comes flying out of the cylinder. Bad news. Yeah, definitely bad news. Back with Skiz, the robots go to unpack his stuff as Skiz reflects on his situation. He talks about his triune marriage. And that yeah. he's actually he's actually pregnant right now, I guess, mm-hmm. or he's got a, a, a Tau Ceti nymph inside of his body, I guess. That he's incubating.
1: Yeah, and I guess they explain it a little bit later. It's like you have to deliver the fetus through three different um, bodies. Yeah, it's
0: got to be. Yeah, it seems like the yeah, yeah. This is jumping ahead a little bit, but it, might as well talk about it now. It's just it seems like they've had some like. I don't know. They 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 have problems sort of bringing child to children to term on their own. So they, it's got to be transplanted multiple times um, through the course of a pregnancy to to birth a, a tau Ceti a child. Apparently, yeah, Which is weird. Very weird. um,
1: what very can yeah. I mean, it's they're kangaroo like. So maybe transferring a joey. It's not really how that mm-hmm. works, but no. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of a combination of uh,
0: kangaroo stuff and uh, what's his name, Rex from Mass Effect or whatever, I guess. Oh,
1: yeah. The,
0: the was- genophage. Yeah, Krogans. You know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's having a bad time and puts on a spacesuit to go outside. There, he tries to kill himself by taking the spacesuit off. No, I mean, they stop stopped by that. the computer habitat. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Don't don't like this section of the story, Fox. I gotta no. say, don't it's enjoy yeah. don't enjoy uh, suicide attempts, no matter how thwarted. Yeah. <laughs> so Skiz can't actively kill himself, but if that ice block's full of poison gas, then hey, maybe you can figure figure something out. He um, snags that ice block, pulls it inside, waits for it to, to defrost, hoping for a gas bubble to kill him. His Habitat computer tells him to put his suit back on, but before it can explain that it's not because of the gas, Skiz sees (laughs) that, in fact, instead of the face of Roxy inside that ice, there's a big scary monster instead. I got a weird butthole for a
1: face. It's got teeth.
0: It's got kind of a yin-yang with teeth in the middle thing going on with its face, basically. It's
1: really not the most beautiful thing ever.
0: No, and it's free and pissed. And, hey, I think this rush of fear makes Skiz realize he actually doesn't want to kill himself anymore. Yeah. Great. <laughs> back, in, yeah, back in that clearing on Earth, the cylinder starts speaking English, shouting warnings and asking to be turned off as it, um, only, op- as it only operates in the daylight, it seems. Yeah. Imminent danger. <laughs> <laughs> Bazzar's blown away by this, uh, with all that holographic alien writing and stuff. That definitely proves it's from outer space. And Cornelius responds with a confession. Fox,
1: he never learned to read. Oh, I, I know they, they delivered it in like this really funny way, but it was very sweet.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, again, like always with Cornelius, there is this mixture of a uh, sweetness and sadness. I think that's yeah. a, I think it's a big part of the character. But yeah, he says he can't read human or alien, and Laws <laughs> used to read things for him, but he's now disappeared. And he says also like – so Baz kind of asks Cornelius about his life. Cornelius says he never had a wife or a girlfriend. He says it, was sort of, it seems like he's traumatized because his mom gave birth uh, – died giving birth to him. And he stayed, yeah. basically stays away from women except maybe for, um, for, Roxy. for Roxy. Yeah. And the only person he ever – but you know, he never wants to kill anybody. The only person he wanted to die was Van <laughs> Owen, of course, the baddie from Skiz Part 1. And he'd kill him twice. Yeah, fair enough. He he said he does call Roxy his girlfriend, but I think he's saying it more um, as yeah. a girl, comma friend, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, no. know to you, you know, as opposed to the compound word, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and indeed, when Bazr sort of pushes him about this, a small fight breaks out. Oh, I mean, yeah, I know he's
1: real pissed, very sensitive yeah, about it,
0: definitely. Um, but anyway, it's near dawn. So the two men head out, only to walk into a portable police spotlight
1: and a bunch of armed cops. Oh, geez! God, it's never good to be caught at night. You know? No, <laughs> you know, no, you don't, don't want out. these cops to find you. Yeah, me definitely. Out. Like I've been walking around at night sometimes and just like enjoying fresh air, and then you just see like someone shines a flashlight in your eye, and you're like, "I wasn't stealing these eggs. Don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> Come on. I just happened to find this pie that's still quite
0: warm. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, Officer. You know this is my picnic basket. (laughs) Obviously, come on, (laughs) look at it. Got this gingham. I'm wearing a tie. You can't doubt me. (laughs) So what if I'm naked? Otherwise, it's not your business. (laughs) Free country. Look, I got a hat. That's yeah. (laughs) To distract from the genitals. I'm wearing 10%
1: of clothes. I don't see what the problem is. Yeah. for for you and your flashlight and your nosy business. That's right. Oh, man. Um, anyway, back
0: with Skiz. He's got to get out of this habitat. But the monster's standing right over his spacesuit hel- uh, helmet. The habitat, though, distracts the beast with some auto cooked food. Skiz gets his helmet on and rides off in a hover truck. He's getting the suit ready to work with the and the aliens after him. Even when the uh, airlock like cr- sort of crushes its waist, the monster oh actually God. like sheds most of its body like and like, like like a uh, like a cocoon and suddenly becomes like it's the same face, but now instead Ugh. of being like a big burly monster, it's a monster with a lot of tiny skeleton arms. It's, and it's worse. somehow more terrifying. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Ugh. Yeah. Definitely, it's bad. Um, it's anyway, a walking butthole. Got, yeah, definitely. Oh man. Um, so Skiz is in trouble. This thing is coming after it. Oh man. Anyway, meanwhile, a lot of meanwhiles. We're jumping around. Skiz <laughs> yeah, they, 2, they do a lot of
1: interstitial story cuts.
0: Definitely. In this case, we're checking in on Roxy. All right.
1: Yeah, she's working at the zoo with a kangaroo
0: named Skiz. Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, but she gets called away because some cops want to talk to her about something. Meanwhile, this monster is about to be or boba. Meanwhile, Skiz is about to be eaten by this monster. Oh, geez, he's sort of between a rock a rock and a hard place. Like he's not suited up to go out into space, but this alien's definitely about to eat him and stuff like that. Finally, the the habitat AI relents and opens the airlock and. And uh Skiz just says, A goodbye life, goodbye nymph, as it no. seems he's flushed into the frozen atmosphere of the planet Garp. Skiz's robot minders notice that the doors have been opened and return to find the habitat emptied out, and Skiz's frozen helmet on the ground sort of talk about him being dead. The Meanwhile, yogurt in- is dead. Oh, man. Meanwhile in prison, Cornelius wants his space thingy back. Cornelius from the Space Spinner 2000 School of Non-General of a heavily generalized naming convention. I love it. <laughs> it's a space dude, Ed. a widget if you will. Yeah. What do you want, you know? It's fair enough. Anyway, he's uh Bazer's more philosophical about it and um Cornelius uh mentions that he can't read and that's rough because he has a letter from Roxy but he can't sort of decipher it, you know. Baz offers to read it, and Cornelius lets some warning, though, that it's not written in Australian, which is pretty solid. That's great. Um, suddenly, Skiz wakes up. He's alive, and in a secret corridor of the habitat, Ooh. which leads to a bridge of a ship. It seems his whole prison is actually a spaceship. He could fly away, but suddenly the robots are back, and they explain that actually the ship is embedded
1: in the planet's permafrost and cannot fly. <laughs> really... Really upbeat folks, these robots.
0: Yeah, and now they're getting a little personal here. They're yeah. talking about how, hey, you know, usually the overboxes, the computers that run our ships, they try to keep settings alive with the one exception of when they crash on primitive planets. And I can't help but notice that you crashed on a primitive planet and weren't and didn't die, buddy. What's going on with that? <laughs> yeah, like really diving in for the record and. It seems like this is the case because they've triggered his ship's computer. It's overbox. And instead of being destroyed, it's actually still intact and has just seen a highway sign for West Bromwich. Oh man, which I guess is a highway sign near um, Birmingham or whatever. I don't know. Who I, don't, knows? I, I, I? could not understand these roads, but it's definitely an English sign. It's got a <laughs> roundabout on it. So you know, you know, it's in the UK. That's all I'm saying. The robot ex- the robots, explained that the overbox of Skiz's ship was turned on and found to have let Skiz survive because of an anomaly with
1: a- caused by a game that Skiz programmed. Oh no! Oh, uh, see, gotta do the out of the box stuff. Can't go, can't go fooling around with your overbox.
0: Yeah, listen, this guy played too much Roblox and it ended up, destroying his whole life here. You know. <laughs> He'd gotten, oh, boy you've gotten tired of the same games over and over again on a ship computer on a ship's computer so we programmed something called chaos where winning was based on sustaining a lack of order over an extended period the ship only beat him once Fox and what it did the ship immediately crashed oh my god <laughs> it seems order is very important for starship navigation I feel like that's
1: pretty inherent to the concept here
0: you'd think so yeah. Meanwhile, Bazar is reading Roxy's note to Cornelius, talking about laws disappearing. They make kind of a vague reference to E.T., which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Like, have you seen the film? Did you see that ship in it? That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and it also seems like Roxy got really sick after the Skiz incident and then sort of gets sick whenever people talk to her about it, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Cornelius sleeps, but suddenly their cell door is open, and it's that mustache dude from last episode with some cop types.
1: I'm here about that
0: weather balloon. <laughs> exactly. He introduces himself as Anthony Saxton from government special services. He tries to snow them by calling the space thingy a weather instrument, but the lads aren't buying that, Fox. Yeah, come hey, on, we buddy. turned
1: it on, buddy.
0: Yeah, come on.
1: Not a weather balloon.
0: No, a weather satellite. <laughs> Bad uh, weather doodad. Ooh, back on Garp, the robots have good news. It seems that whatever was in that low-fat yogurt has actually fixed that long-term breeding problem of the Satan species, meaning that Skiz will be able to stay pregnant and give birth to oh, an offspring, which is hey, pretty cool.
1: Grats on yogurt. Yeah, it'd be a big deal.
0: <clears throat> it'd be a big deal for a species. You know, you could probably get like 500 paragon points by introducing this back to the same <laughs> species if you wanted to Fox. oh yeah that's gonna open up you...
1: so many potential uh uh, uh chat yeah, selections krogan,
0: krogan side quests or whatever oh
1: hell you're gonna yeah. get that you're gonna get that rex achievement for sure with this one buddy that's what mm. i'm saying <laughs> see they should have just been eating yogurt counteracts the genophage
0: That's the problem, man. They're so masculine that they don't want to. They don't want to like you know, whatever. Embarrass themselves by eating yogurt, which even on their planet has certain connotations. I guess Uh, low-fat yogurt
1: too. Mm -hmm. It's got active
0: with active cultures, Fox, which, as we all know, make you poop. We all know
1: this. Oh my god! Wait, I hope they're not. Where's the baby come from? Who could? Who who could say? I guess we'll find out eventually. (laughs) Oh. God, really?
0: I don't remember, Fox. I literally <laughs> don't. Um, you know, it's alien biology. It could be, you know, he could have a pouch, like like a kangaroo or something. But it that doesn't matter. Keep
1: that covered. Yeah, because he's not – no one's going to know about this, all right? Because yeah. – This is uh, – the man, the robots really throw me for a loop on this whole thing.
0: I love these robots because they're the masters of good news, bad news, Fox. They've got that <laughs> hardwired into their programming. <laughs> good news, hey, the, uh, you know, the cure of the, the the cure for a thing killing your species has been found. Bad news. You're never going to tell anybody about it because you harbor an even greater infection,
1: you jerk. The computer virus known as chaos. Oh, Jesus. I mean, is it getting all over the place?
0: He knows how to program it so he's got the key It could install install it in any you know computer system oh man and just like when you install solitaire into the office computers in a 1992 office it'll take
1: everything over fox oh geez everybody's
0: playing it you know you gotta be
1: careful (laughs) i feel like you know you they could just transmit the low-fat yogurt shit out and be like hey this is a fix Nah, because then they'll be like, oh, Skiz found
0: it. Why isn't Skiz here? Oh, you've no. got to keep him quarantined for other things. What other things? A civil Well, he found a civilization destroying computer game, but we don't like don't like to talk about that that much. <laughs> Good news, bad nah. news. Better just to keep it hidden. Um, anyway, so Skiz is tired of this. He's like, okay, if you can't take it, you know, if I'm not like, if I don't have a deadly disease within me. Why take me to Garp? Just take me back to Earth. My friends are there. I could make a lot of money on the speaking circuit being an alien and stuff like yeah. that. It'd be a good time. But the um, the robots say, sadly, they sort of get uh, Emperor Palpatine here, basically. Well, all your little friends will be dead soon.
1: Because yeah. the humans
0: have called forth a snuffer ship. And soon their
1: planet will be destroyed. Oh, God. I was really hoping the snuffer ship was a snuffer bluffer ship, but instead, it's an actual thing that they can do. They can snuff out an entire star and store its energy. Yeah, we They're heard a tier about two these. civilization, man. That's nuts. Definitely. Yeah, we, we heard about these actually in Skiz One.
0: Um, Van Owen kind of goaded Skiz into admitting like some weapon systems that his people had, and the
1: snuffer ship was the one that he well, described. Well, because it wasn't a weapon, right? But <clears throat> it's it's like literally meant for power. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I like the I like the
0: look of it. They sort of give us a shot of it and I really like that it's like all black and doesn't really have any light in it at all. I think that's mm-hmm. a really cool look for a ship designed to destroy light in general, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah. The big old honker to just go
0: boom. Yeah. Presumably yeah, presumably it's like one of those uh candle snuffers that's like two like uh half h- half circles that kind of smack together or something yeah. like that. That's cool. Anyway, uh, next time on Skiz, Wars and Rumors of Worse. Oh, man. <laughs> things things got are not great for this dude. No, man. Skiz is having a rough couple months. I
1: think we can all agree on that. Definitely. Ugh. God, Ice Planet. Ice Planet. No one wants to go to Ice Planet. There's so many mm-hmm. other planets that I'm sure they could have taken him to, but Ice Planet, huh? No. I wonder... Now that I'm thinking about it, I I
0: wonder if calling it Garp is a uh, Ace Trucking oh, reference. Callback. I guess, yeah. yeah. It's not shaped like the planet Garp that we saw. Wait, no, because Garp isn't Ace Garp is that's just his last name. He's actually a Parp. So I guess. Well, it's a I mean, thing. you know,
1: it's because Garp got put on ice, man. But then he went into a sun. Also, it all it all it all works out. <laughs> you know. Anyway,
0: Fox. The next time on Skiz was Wars and Rumors of Worse. And speaking of things that are worse, buddy, uh, yeah. let's talk about Thrill <laughs> 3
1: Trash. Bring in the dump truck. Mm. Script
0: robot Paul Kupperberg, art robot Nigel Dobbin, learning robot Glib. Okay, Fox. Ugh, uh, there's yeah. a biological supercomputer underneath Central Park mm-hmm. in the year. Central Park in New York City in the year 2050 in sort of a sort of a post-ecological collapse world, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it, the AI has been taken over the eastern seaboard, essentially. Some random research dudes are noticing something weird going on with the green um, as evil corporate dude Wildside um, heads back to New York City with several barrels full of deadly herbicide as a West Virginia ultra Dump burns below. Yes. The country roaders there have to go to go to cut a line in the trash when our quote unquote hero, Trashman Trash, comes running out of the flames. He snags a power shovel and goes on the run, only really escaping when an explosion sends him in the vehicle flying. <laughs>
1: Good thing that uh, we didn't cut cut a line in that there, Garbage, or else maybe— Yeah,
0: good thing all these people are going <laughs> to die. That's solid.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, really, really great work there, bud. Save a flower, kill a 100 people. In Boston, the green prepares
0: to destroy Boston. the auto traffic control system, but not before having to overcome some command override errors. Oh, no. Mm. <laughs> Back in NYC, some WEPA guys jabber about guard duty. That's Sorry, New York City and World Environmental Protection Agency there, Fox. Um, when suddenly the plants in Central Park erupt out with giant vines shooting out of the road, impaling vehicles and people, killing a lot of folks. Yep. Everybody within a block of of Central Park is having a bad time. But, you know, those guys are all pretty rich, so they'll be okay. I I don't worry about it too much. Fudge them. Anyway, back in West Virginia, Trask has gotten back to his ship and is now rocketing back to NYC. It's time to end things with Wildside.
1: God, bring your skunk hair back to New York and get done. (sighs) Trask is flying toward New York City as the green
0: starts to expand. Meanwhile, Wildside is landing (laughs) with his herbicide when a scientist with like – he's got a beard – and like curly hair, but he yeah, doesn't he's have got, hair he's like, got the like the top of his
1: head or, or no mustache. He's got like the monk yeah. cut, right? He's got the yeah. monk cut, but he's also got like the mutton chops into the chin beard. He's got the monk <laughs> and the Amish. He's got the Amish
0: beard and the monk hair, basically. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's rocking it. He's got a giant ponytail we'll find later as well, Fox. This oh. Hairstyle makes me unhappy. Yeah, look oh, for it. Oh, God, you know, he's got a rat tail? Issue. He's yeah, just gets coming out like his hair is all curly and then coming out of the bottom is like a is a ponytail that seems to just sort of go down his back basically. I never
1: rock the rat tail. It's
0: 1992. This is the height of it, Fox. I had a lot of friends who had that who would have like the shaved head with just like a one like inch wide thing of hair that just yeah. stayed long. Ugh. Big, big in 1992, Northern Virginia, Fox. Solid. Ugh. Solid. Ugh. Solid look. Oh, boy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, it's this, um, this scientist, Craymore, has an alternative that might be better than poisoning the green. They've been recording anomalies. Meanwhile, at JFK Airport, the ATC system, sorry, that's John F. Kennedy Airport and air traffic control systems, suddenly just beep. Back online, things are going good. Okay, now we
1: can totally blow
0: shit up. Yeah, the Green is getting worried about its survival as we see massive vines snaking out over one of them and New York City bridges as it reports multiple IO errors for some reason. Oh, geez, he's got to clean those ports. (laughs) Trask is approaching the bridge and knows finesse is needed. So, of course, he just starts shooting goddamn incendiary missiles at all of these... Um, helicopters people, full of herbicide people. yeah definitely definitely killing a lot of people
1: here can't that's stress mention, it enough like, i mean the debris and then the actual helicopter flying into people and then the barrels of pesticide or herbicide the, that's just gonna fucking explode and leak everywhere I guess the,
0: the theory with the incendiary missiles is that they'll burn up all the debris in midair i guess man that's I don't think that's how it works. But what a what a calculated risk this guy's taking. Mmm, the finesse. One manages <laughs> to avoid being completely destroyed though and crashes into the dense jungle of Central Park. Trask follows after it, ready to end this with his bare hands. Alright. Uh, okay. And I guess Wildside was in that cra- I I'm really regretting not really stepping on the fact that this guy is named Wildside. Earlier in the rest of the story, Fox. I, See, it's, it's wild side with where the side is spelled with two Y's. I folks. know.
1: I it's the it's the best fucking bad guy name for the worst possible villain. It's hundred percent Captain Planet kind of naming stuff here. But, but anyway.
0: Wildside was in that tra- was in that crash chopper, and now tra- Trask is flying in, and they're gonna have one final big fight. At the same time, the green is withering and turning brown as the systems affected by it are going back online. The two men start to fight as other scientist types elsewhere are observing the greens die off. This. Um, Craymore dude whose hair we made fun of is explaining how the greed is dying off as Trask and Wildside trade monologues and punches. Um, it starts to shut down as the ground rumbles around Trask and Wildside. But instead of running, Trask grabs Wildside and smushes him into some foliage which seems to crucify him on a web of vines and kill him, I guess?
1: Yeah, I guess he's dead. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, The scientists now say that the green was defeated by a massive aphid infestation, Fox. Fox, I guess even giant biocomputers have to worry about bugs in the system. G.I. Trash. Fuck you, buddy. The end of trash. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Fox, I want you to know that in all, the hero and villain of this story both had zero impact on the ultimate outcome of the tale. They could have drank coffee this whole time and the problem would have handled
1: itself. Just FYI. That's like, like, what was, what's the point? What is the point of Trash? What is it trying to say?
0: Mm -mm, What is Trash's
1: message? It's messages saying basically, don't worry about the environment, you'll like just do whatever, and it's fine, I think honestly,
0: or like no, maybe lo- you're just
1: all fucked, <laughs> yeah.
0: like a lot of
1: stories that we're
0: gonna be seeing going through the nineties. It's a lot of um what if judge shred but X, you know what if judge you know, Dredd, seeing if it like desire like, the the or something. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of this formulation. I mean, just like how dead meat was. What if Judge Dredd butt vegetarianism?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that but, that, but that one
0: actually <laughs> had a bunch of dead horses in Parliament. <laughs> Listen, we're going to – yeah, it's going to be played out with varying levels of success, Fox. That's what I'm trying to say, yeah, including a, la- a lack of success like um, like trash. Also – I think, again, like keeping an eye out for problems that solve themselves with no input from the heroes is also a recurring thing to keep an eye out for <sighs> in 2080 stories,
1: you know. Well, that's real great.
0: <laughs> uh, You know, this is why people don't like the 90s. Anyway, that's all. That's the end of uh, Trash Fox, It Will Not Return. And oh, that's also good. all from writer Paul Kupperberg. though know, he'll do some behind the scenes stuff as two, as uh, 2080 rolls on. I believe he ends up being an editor for some American dread releases. Okay. Um, and Nigel Dobb and the artist will return for some Dragon Tales late, later in the year. Ooh, dragons. Dragon Tales. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um <laughs> fire. I'm interested to see it. Anyway, uh, we're done with trash. That's the important thing, Fox. On to greener pastures. Beautiful. But not green computers, because that was the subtitle. <laughs> trash. You see what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, anyway, um. though. Let's, uh, let's brace ourselves for some diff, for some more action by talking about non thrills, covers, and nerve All All right, all right. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Prague 768, Hot Dog, Carlos oh. Scarrett draws Durham Red, sweating it out under that weird smiling
1: sun. Not. Uh, Not it's great. It's a, yeah, it's, bad times for Red. It's a great cover.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Listen, we're,
0: we're like, we're you know, you know, you're getting what you want both or or, or what is required both positively and negatively in the course of Ascara's uh, art for. Yeah, it's very true. Durham bread. We we'll talk about it more when we get to it, I think. Um, <laughs> in the nerve center, Tharg explains the details behind the Rosette of Sirius, of course, his head jewel thing, and Igroid regrets the early 90s recession and plugs a contest for signed judgment on Gothams and the complete dread. In the input page, there's pictures of a baby Strontium dog and Judge Death getting a primal scream. Letters include a 44-year-old that reads 2000 AD, complaints about progs not arriving at
1: news agents regularly, and a
0: request for more Tharg stories. Oh, no, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no. This child is dumb.
0: Prague 769. Doomed. Inspector 9 gets HOM'd by Brigand Doom in the staved antikey cover. Yeah That's hand on mouthed fox, a weird internet fetish I found out about recently. No good. What? What? real into someone putting a putting a hand over their mouth. It's weird. I don't want to get into it.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> You've opened up a new Chapter in my life today. I'll link today. You some
0: things. Tharg announces <clears throat> a big rave at Camden Palace and on February 27th to celebrate 2008's 15th anniversary. A rave. I mean, it's a dance party, I guess, but you know, I know what's going on with these things. Annotations. Um, <laughs> and um, it seems the Daily Mirror referenced Judge Dredd as an American comic books character um, in a recent article. Get it right, buddy. You know, it just takes place in America. <laughs> Um, there's also a picture of a bunch of creative droids at a forbidden planet signing in Edinburgh. Good times, forbidden planet. Yeah, these uh these these comic book shops we gotta <laughs> you know that's gotta be on the list of things to do when uh when our oh, eventual yeah. um road trip takes place or whatever. Yeah, that sounds rad. <laughs> um, the input page has pictures of Judge Branston Brand Pickles. And letters about a cure for hair loss there's another letter's written in backwards letters there's talk about alien siblings fighting over two thousand a d dropping off old progs yeah. at children's hospitals and a wife yeah, Aww. that's nice. I thought that was a nice one. I'm just like, hey, I've got all these old progs i don't really I don't really have space for, so I go to- you know I just sort of drop them off in like the waiting rooms of a of a children's hospital for them to read and stuff. I think that's pretty solid,
1: yeah,
0: um. And then um, a wife earns a a Kriltro Thargo for getting a signed copy of Judgment on Gotham for her husband. Nice. The prog ends with a preview page for Finn with the man himself, one of these older, I guess, newts, I guess. We don't really learn this character's name in the course of what we read this time. And uh, Mandy, the high priestess, sort of standing in front of, of Finn looking all
1: cool. Also strangely looks like Mandy. From the, the hit movie Mandy. The Nicolas Cage movie? Yeah, it's fucking Whoa. great. God, I love that movie. Great Magnet, buddy. I guess <clears throat> that's just what Mandy looks like in popular culture. I highly suggest that film. He, he snorts <laughs> a pile of coke off a broken glass. Jesus. he's
0: uh, It's a real murder fest. I think the, the only, like, I haven't watched it, but I have, like, whenever they show a picture of it, like, oh, check out Nicolas Cage and Mandy, there's always a pic- picture of Nicolas Cage just covered in blood (laughs)
1: like conrad i if this doesn't get you to watch it a a bus full of hippies uses a conch shell to summon a a bunch of demon hell riders on motorcycles (laughs) that does sound pretty awesome uh, yeah, no, I want to check it out. I, mean, I think just, it was a It's just
0: hard you know, it's hard for me to watch anything because I'm a huge, you know, I'm just so so lazy about things,
1: Fox. It's real bad. It is terrifying and psychedelic and awesome. <laughs> well, that sounds that sounds like a good combination of things. Certainly, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll
0: try my best.
1: Yeah. Oh, and Nicolas Cage is in it, and it doesn't feel like he's doing it for a paycheck. <laughs> nice. Okay, so Prague Seven Seventy, sordid sorcery. It's Finn
0: in front of a Ooh. flaming factory. He's hot. He's new. He's drawn by Dave Elstrom in the Nerve Center. He's got a gun. He's got one of those P90s or whatever, like guns I've mostly seen in video games, but not in movies, actually, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. I remember that being in uh, Goldeneye. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. In the Nerve Center... Tharg is still getting ready for this birthday raves, but does drop your standard Dark Satanic Mills reference for the writer of uh, Finn. You know, Pat Mills coming back in. They also talk up the new issue of the magazine. We're right on the verge of finishing the first volume of that. You know, listen for the episode later this week or maybe next week. The input page has a very 1992 dread looking real tall with a black leather duster and stuff like that. Yeah, As well as a pretty good picture of Judge Sean Connery. <laughs> Letters ask what 2000 AD contributes to society. Um, asks to uh-huh. be other than other asks to be or not to be. Sorry. The what it contributes to society is apparently a homework question. Someone's doing his A levels on uh, publications or something like that. I don't know. Um, and a dart baby. Yeah. Another prog's been used for fly swatting. And, um, there's a question about why there's so many stupid letters. And some kid has found. Um, some pretty bad messages in his the magazines his parents read after they gave him guff for the content of 2018. <laughs> the prog ends with an ad for Panic at the Year Zero, which is the name of this 2018 dance party at Camden Palace. Six pounds at the door, five if you have this page of the comic, over 18s
1: only. Oh, damn. It's going
0: to be a fun a fun party. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tea and biscuits and all the all the trimmings. Finally,
0: Crux like Seven Seventy One face to face with Justice. Peter Doherty draws a pretty cool dread cover here with um, the lawman in a spacesuit staring down the prow. Of the Justice One with the ship like reflecting off of the hel- off of his space helmet. You know.
1: Yeah, that's not going to be there that much longer.
0: <laughs> it's cool, but actually, I think it ends up making him look a lot like a Hondo City judge, I guess. Like the, uh,
1: the Japanese yeah, judges Yeah, I thought that seen. he was, it, when, on first look, I thought he was like biting into the plastic that might have been around the comic or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's a yeah, d- spaceship. It, I like it, but it does take a second. You're right. <laughs> In the nerve
0: center, Thar reflects on the being about to hit the 15-year mark of 2000 AD preps for several celebratory appearances of creators around the country meanwhile igroid is plumbing the is a plugging the premiere of red dwarf magazine which i'd like to check out sometime i like red dwarf mm. at least the first maybe not eight or nine seasons i want to say and I, I just haven't watched the more recent ones so i am just sort of sort of behind on that one um in the input pages, pictures of Judge Yosemite, Sam, and Thar, <laughs> and the talk man. And I'm not sure what that talk man is, Fox. I tried to Google it, and it was not forthcoming. It's terrifying. Definitely terrifying. Letters compliment Dread, Ask about the skull helmets and Judgment on Gotham, which you also talked about, actually. Um, they ask why if uh, if uh, Wang Wu, the lady that just fought Dredd, of geomancy. If she's so in touch with nature, why she shaves her armpits? Um... <laughs> They also ask if Judge Corey was her first name or her last name. And there's some specific praise for good old Teddy Chopper from a recent episode. Nice. Prog answered another flyer for Panic in the Year Zero. And uh, huzzah, it's brought to you by Kaltenberg Pills. And all profits go to Great Ormond Street Children's
1: Hospital. Good times. Hey, rad. Beer for kids. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> yeah. It's what children crave.
0: Right. Electrolytes and beer. We know this, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of a questionably run society, Fox, with <laughs> those of <are> your priorities, <laughs>
1: Voodoo child.
0: Let's go to 304 Brigand Doom.
1: Man. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, uh, having these weird mixed feelings about this whole thing, but it seems to be going somewhere. hmm. Uh-huh. Skifft Robot Alan McKenzie, Art Robot Dave DeAntike,
0: Letter Robot Annie Parkhouse. So, a pair of troopers or like, you know, future cops basically look out at the city, prepare to hassle some citizens as you do. Um, <laughs> we They talk some more, and we've heard this mentioned a couple of times that the city of Brigand Doom is crime free, and they say it's because everybody's afraid of the troopers. Okay, well. So, I guess jackboot thugs work in this society. I suppose. And we also, it's not really crime-free. I mean, you know, let's recall that a dude in a funny hat uh, killed everyone in the tax office a couple days ago, for instance. High on gas. Out of his mind. Yeah, the ampules, buddy. How do you even get ampules? I don't know. The troopers grab a random citizen give him demerits for being both late to work and having a non-regulation handbag. They debate having Come on, him- you goober. Yeah. They debate having him flogged, but shift their focus to uh, what is obviously a zombie brigand doom. <laughs> A very stinky boy. Yeah, they make fun of his big coat and hat, as well as his uh, smell, and try to run him into the prison, to to the cells. But Doom doesn't move. When the older soldier goes to hit him, Doom catches the fist, and then he like starts fighting. He smacks the young trooper so hard that he cracks his neck, and it seems that that voodoo dude is directly mentally controlling Doom. So Mm. instead, he just punches the older cop and carries him off, basically. It screams
1: raw. Yeah, he's making <laughs> like, zombie noises, that kind of thing. It's I uh, it was that was the lamest part for me. I was like rarr. <laughs> like, hey, come on. For sure. Inspector Nine walks the streets of the city.
0: She sees it as a timepiece with a million tiny gears as the citizen. She loves the city and she made it that way. She walks down a yeah. dark alley. Where once more she sees Brigand Doom and shoots him six times in the chest as he laughs. She then kisses his dead body and says, yeah. This town ain't big enough for two Brigand Dooms. And then she yeah, laughs she's, and
1: starts screaming. It's got some weird dreams, this one. Definitely.
0: Uh, she says the dreams are getting worse, so she takes one of the spare Doom ampules and cracks it and sees him again. He says he's not dead, but also not alive, and tells her about the voodoo stuff, and tells her that if she... Is, ki-
1: Go ahead, please. What is this gas? I don't know. I don't know, Fox. It's just you can talk to Goose, like Boo Ghosts? I guess so. I, it could be anything. Super Any, psych- psychic? Yeah. Or connection, or she's just hallucinating and manifests... Do but but it tells her like all of the things that she needs to solve the crime. Yeah, it
0: tells her new information somehow. I don't know, but Zoom tells her to kill the voodoo, and that'll let him rest. Uh, (laughs) He doesn't know his name. Yeah, listen, I I got some good ones. Although we learned this guy's name uh, at the end of this um, episode, but the city's computer could create a short list of like intelligent. Voodoo related, voodoo associated rich guys, I guess. <laughs> uh, okay, I mean, good computer, I guess. And indeed, she gets on her Mac and checks it and finds one result <coughs> Professor Isaiah Legba. Man, what fortune! And I should say that, uh, le- that the name Legba comes is probably from Papa Legba, who yeah. is a, a Loa or like God or something in uh, voodoo beliefs. So, just FYI. I, I learned that from Shadow Man. Hey, hey, we're learning all kinds of stuff from video games and <laughs> comics. Anyway, Brigand Doom takes Prague 770 off so we can finish Trash and start Finn. And back in 771, it's night in the city. Heavily armed troopers reported, and they're all led by Inspector Nine as they go to assault Legba's apartment.
1: Um, yeah. Re- this will go definitely without any problems.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to kind of narrate just how this how it, things go, I guess, but it's very much sort of dark. You know, they're sort of die hard in their way and through this building and stuff like that. Um, mm. Speaking of which, this whole issue of the comic is very reminiscent of Dan Takee's work in that comic Silo, I think. Of just creating, oh yeah, these claustrophobic black and white spaces as they go through. Mm. They're attacked by zombies and sort of losing troops as they go. Um, eventually, leading to leading the inspector to being pulled into a room full of zombies, including the zombie Brigand Doom, and being greeted by the evil Doctor Legba.
1: Welcome, pretty lady. <laughs> Next time on Brigand Doom, Dance of the Dead. Oh, the macabre.
0: Hmm.
1: Or macabre, or they, uh, you know. I don't, I don't. It could be anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, man, you know, I remember when Brigand Dune was like this cool, towering figure who was huffing gas and like killing uh government people v for vendetta style. And I, I like the idea of zombie, but like this went for the like he's definitely dead angle. Like I don't know where they can go with this. The man's dead. Yeah, it's not as good
0: as when he was, like, killing government officials and taking their money and stuff like that.
1: It's starting to get real fucking aimless here, man. And our hero is dead and this lady can huff gas and also see it. You know, I was hoping Brig and Doom would be a little bit more straightforward. I'm even fine with the zombie shit. But again, it's it's called Brig and Doom and now he's dead. <laughs> Yeah, he's become such a
0: minor character in his own comic certainly.
1: Yeah, well, it's yeah, I think that's it actually. It's just like, okay, so what now? I cuz like I don't know. I do not know what's going to happen at all. Which yeah, is I mean, good, I guess, you know? I I mean, I guess
0: like presumably he's going to get restored to his previous brigand doom status, I guess. But I don't even really yeah. know what that means. Like I don't I feel like we've lost track of what this character is supposed to even be about, you know? Yeah. And, like, the fact that we're spending all this time doing voodoo stuff and dealing with the undead and not figuring out what the hell's going on with those ampules (laughs) or whatever (laughs) makes me That's what I want to know! Yeah, like, it just i don't understand what the point of what we're doing here is It's
1: <laughs> is not great
0: that's not yeah, a situation you
1: want to be in you know not, especially not when reviewing a comic book that i mean like i fucking love brigand doom the first one right yeah it was great yeah this one's like it's kind of losing me a little bit here yeah it's I got mean, quite a bit
0: it's, I think this might be one of those situations where the things that, that you liked about the first brigand Doom are not the things that, like, Alan McKenzie liked about the first brigand Doom, or something <laughs> like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not sure. <laughs> well, yeah, the transference here is that there are two characters that are the same, and then everything else is different. I just don't understand why there are zombies. I don't know. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Speaking of, ca- of uh, sci-fi stories... Featuring the undead, but with a bit more focus, Fox, because they're better. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about three hundred five Durham Red. Oh my God,
1: script oh, robot. I Al- love Carlos Escara.
0: Absolutely, script robot. Alan Grant, art robot. Carlos Escara, Letting robot. Mary Green. A giant smiling metal sun on a track rises over the island that. Mutant bounty hunter and vampire Durham Red has been stranded on. She's a biological <laughs> vampire though. Sun's fine for her, generally.
1: <laughs> yeah, just really, really, really warm. Also yeah. she's chained to a post. Absolutely. Sweating profusely, she retreats into memory. Another time she's been incredibly hot. The last time she visited home to Milton Keynes. No, oh, she's always been incredibly hot. This is just, you know, it's another Yes, incredibly warm. I had had to fit that in somewhere. No, absolutely. Listen, I'm going to talk about butts like half
0: this review box is a lot of it. Um, she returned home to, or she returned to see a house burning and inside she find the, she found the tiny body of a woman named Shireen. Red gathers her up, jumps through a window. The other mutants tell her that the norms have cut off the standpipe so there's no water to put the fire out. Woman, apparently Red's sister, although it must be like a found family kind of situation, I guess. But she dies in Red's arms and was clutching a bottle of Psycho, the drugs they manufacture on this planet. So we're out for revenge. Yeah. (laughs) Blood for blood and more blood at that. Yes. As the prisoners suffer under the sun. Hooded figures arrive on boats. They mop the heads of the prisoners, squeezing the sweat into buckets before giving them water. This is real weird. Yes. So
1: psycho is sweat.
0: Yeah, yeah. They talk a little bit more about it um, in the next in the next issue. Um, but yeah, somehow Red feels she's died and gone to hell as she sees the evil faces of these monks under their cowls. The monks take red sweat, giving her a warning shot as well. Um, you can definitely see her butt as this all happens. Like, I, you Yeah, know. no, it's like three different butt shots. There's a, like, you know, Carlos Escara, he knows that we want this drama and this pathos and sadness, but we also want pretty regular shots of uh, Durham Red's behind and thong and so forth. <laughs> These it's are really there not- for you, you know? Kid gloves are off. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, listen, this is 1992. It's a grown-up comic. Uh- <laughs> anyway, the sun starts to go down, and Red regains her senses. These are the people that made the drug that killed her sister. And that doctor guy from last time comes back to her and kind of just drops some exposition, basically. They changed the intervals of the sun rising to keep them off balance and explained that the sweat of the mentally ill, in fact, contains trace oh. amounts of psychotropic agents and the goth God. lord has used those to, um, sort of concentrate them into the drug psycho. The doctor talked about <laughs> the discovery of the drug. Um, he, he sort of talks about its symptoms and they're all things that Red's been experiencing and there's no long-term side effects. The man who created it did suffer, though, because the doctor is the
1: one who created Psycho. Oh, God, I'm totally weird. (laughs) I I mocked the sweat of people and turned it into a drink. Yeah. Red
0: goes to attack him, but then he starts talking uh, pretty insanely. And it's clear that, you know, he might be lying or something else. It's impossible to tell.
1: Yeah, well. I mean, he has been in the sun a really long time. Yeah. Back
0: to her senses. Red wonders what she'll do. She's trapped here. Her blood full of a hallucinogenic uh, drug. The guards have beam guns. The water's full of razor fish. She's chained to a post. All she has is her wits, that doctor guy, and this big dude, Les, who's just returned with an armful of rocks. (laughs) Which he bought with potatoes. Yeah, I guess other rocks. The goth lord takes a hit of Psycho and is in the mood for violence. He hacks a guard to death as he's told another batch of the drug is arriving soon. Back Sweet. On- Let's have yeah. a
1: party. Absolutely.
0: Violence party. Back on the island, it's clear that Big Les isn't going to be able to break the chain holding Red, so we will have to go to plan B. Suddenly, another boat arrives and the monks toss a bunch of random food onto the beach for people to fight over. God Red doesn't want any, and that's too bad because the food coming is a sign that the sun is usually about to rise. She feels the drugs calling to her, but fights back. She remembers the other heat, the fire from when Shireen died. She thinks of the men she'll kill. She thinks of blood as the sun rises higher.
1: Just a blood splatter across it, too. Real nice effect. Absolutely. Yeah, great art here, actually. Ascara, um... Like the backgrounds and
0: stuff, a lot of these places are really they have this kind of watercolor look that I think is really neat. Yeah, it's beautiful. So once more, the monks move among, move through the prisoners, taking their sweat. When a trio gets to Red, the doctor and Les start to fight and knock over one of the guards. It's a setup. Red uh, grabs, yeah. The, yeah, he she grabs the guard's gun. Takes out the other two, lies low in the ground as the other, as guards shoot back and blows off her ankle chain, freeing herself. Dude, he karate chopped him in the neck in order to get that gun. Sour. deserved it. Yeah. Fighting her way through Monk, she grabs one of the boats and paddles away as another of the Monk gets tripped by both the Doctor and Les and goes flying into the water and gets eaten by the razor which I think it's pretty cool. God damn. Um, more guard boats block Red's path and a leaping razor fist bites her hand makes her drop her gun disarmed she's light on choices so instead she jumps to shore where the track of that big sun is <laughs> flashing her thong once more she climbs the track <laughs> all the way up to the sun where she sort of do- does the thing where she puts her back against the wall and pushes on the sun with her feet you know I'm talking about Hell the yeah. kind of look.
1: Fuck um, this thing up
0: Yeah, and this breaks the sun off the track, goes flying down onto the assembled boats of the guards, seemingly smashing them all. There's no time.
1: Yeah, into the water full of those fish. Yeah, but um, I don't know if that's a
0: concern or not because once those guards are taken out, there's no time to hang around. And the and these progs end with Red diving into the water herself.
1: Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? Like that seemed like a really bad idea.
0: We'll see how it goes next time on Durham
1: Red. Freak out! It's good. Uh, I'm glad that we're we're building up momentum to uh, to an eventual massive slaughter, I'm sure.
0: Definitely,
1: yeah. Because it's going to be a big party that he's throwing, and I'm like, oh, yeah, lots of murder. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely transitioning to the
0: um, kill everybody, big uh, uh, violence orgy section of the comic,
1: which I think we're all looking <laughs> forward to. Yeah, baby. All right. So anyway, Fox, Let's get weird. I'm tired of not being weird. Yeah. Speaking of violence orgies,
0: yeah. Let's talk about thrill, six, Finn.
1: Oh gosh.
0: Script robot Pat Mills and Tony Skinner. Art robot Jim Elston. Letting robot Steve Potter.
1: Yeah. So of course
0: Pat, Pat Mills. Being uh, weird. The Pat, Pat Mills and Tony Skinner, of course, frequent writing partners in this era. They did a bunch of the ABC Warriors and things like that. This is the first time in the Prague for artist Jim Elston. And I think Finn is pretty much all he's done. Um, I sort of tried to look him up on the internet and pretty much all they say, all they talk about is his Finn work. Um, he's got a lot of detail and a focus on musculature here that I, mm-hmm. to me feels very European, actually. Like it's got kind of a feel of that sort of metal hurlon style of um, characterization and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire and ice stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, anyway, we start with the big pagan ritual and a story based on Babylonian creation myths, first documented by the ancient writer Brosus. That in the beginning, humans had multiple heads, or they were part bull or fox, or they had hooves or whatever. Just everything was a big chaotic mass, you know, in the yeah. darkness, presided over by a woman named. Thalassa, a.k.a. the sea, until frog creatures came out of the sea and killed her, cutting her asunder, forming the earth and the heavens from her body and reducing the universe to order. The frog creature then returned to the sea and a great calamity separated the union of chaos,
1: it the unity of chaos into the differences of order. The- yeah, and it seems like all of this is kind of a, a reenactment as it were. Yeah.
0: It's a, yeah. The the images, for the most part, we're seeing our reenactments leading up to our hero Finn um, sort of being um, anointed as this champion of chaos, I guess. The beast. Yeah. He's been told all this from Mandy, the high priestess. She calls the frog men newts, And he is rejoined with his animal self. Named Finn, a beast, a force against the forces of order. He'll turn those new to fish fingers.
1: And I will <laughs> At say- least
0: that's the theory. Yeah. This character, Finn, is actually spun off from the Pat Mills story in Crisis called Third World War. But I haven't read Third World War to know exactly like what Finn was like there. I'll, I'll try to do that for, for next episode, Fox, and just try to get okay. caught up on that stuff. Um and but we have heard Finn referenced in the past. Um, during the Time Killers story of Slain, way back in the day, with like pollute uh-huh. and all that stuff, they talked about Slain being the most most like immediate champion of Danu, the Earth Goddess that they had on hand. The other options they mentioned trying to get were Arthur and Finn. Those were the two other names they mentioned. Okay. So, anyway, we go to some newts agents, some agents of the newts on Earth called the shiny Advertising ones. Advertising
1: consultants.
0: Yeah, something. Right now, they're talking about rolling out a national chip scheme to monitor and control the situation. Um, Apparently, the poll tax thing didn't work really well. Well, yeah, that's, of course, a big reference to the poll tax riots that had been that had taken place in the previous year or two. Um there, they say their plan is to make an ID, to make the ID chip very expensive, like a status symbol, and people will come rushing towards it. Jesus, Fox. We you know the actual answer is that you have to have a false flag pandemic and then put the ID chip in the vaccine.
1: <laughs> Duh! Well, all while everybody's forced inside erecting your 5G towers to be able to monitor them at all points. Fox, I made a joke about this on Twitter and I got banned for 12 hours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I will say that what they're ta- that, that, that is literally the current conspiracy line about uh, the vaccines and stuff like that here in the real world. I, yeah,
1: but if it's a false flag, then you're cutting out the 5G conspiracists who say that 5G is causing the virus. I'll counterpoint actually that they
0: that the version they're talking about is also true because the expensive status symbols with the chips that track us are our goddamn cell phones fuck. <laughs> so you know Yeah, no, it's very w- true. Room enough for everybody here. Definitely. <laughs> one of the one of these shiny ones is skeptical, so the other one calls in some nerd human asks him about his loyalty to the great ones and he says it's absolute and proves this by not objecting when he's told his family is brutally murdered or when one of these jerks suddenly glows like a light bulb and causes a giant forest of boils to rise Ugh. up all over his body in a really gross yeah, way. Great. The nerd is still loyal and for his trouble he's given a raise and he can pick a new wife from the pool to restart a family. Pick the prettiest Jesus. one there. Oh, how can you tell? Because I'm a I'm a Newton. I'm anti woman. You yeah, all really for wanted breeding to underscore that. I mean, I want to like I want to talk about Pat Mills and his relation and opinions of women and why they're <laughs> weird. But we should wait till later in Finn to do it. I think. But just sort of
1: yeah. You gotta in this.
0: You, listen. You gotta want to <laughs> cut them in half. You know. I mean, I'm not even talking about how the bad guys talk about women. I'm talking about the good guys talk about women. But let's Oh, get no, that's it.
1: what I was saying. It's like, yeah, hey, cut, it, cut her in half. Or like there are, <laughs> there are three types of women, a hag, a, a wife, and a lady who wants to fuck all the time. Yeah. Anyway,
0: Finn's never seen a newt. But um, if you, he says that if you look at all that's wrong with a man, then you'll see what a newt is. Oh, think about
1: it. Okay. They love sports. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Boxers, not boxer briefs, bro. Whoa. Gotta let, them, gotta let your genitals feel the airflow. No way. I like the compression box. need to be, I need yeah, to keep no, my I'm boy, a boxer brief man. Need to keep
0: my boys in a pen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, or else they're, like, they're like, liable like to a You know, yeah, who knows? Um, Anyway, when he's not being a badass, Finn is a minicab driver in Plymouth. Right now, he's, driving a, he's giving a sailor a ride as the sailor brags about new weapon systems and stuff. God. Afterwards, he talks to his two lady bosses, cab dispatcher Sadie
1: and high priestess Mandy. <laughs> the two women in his life he loves to listen to. One yeah. of them really wants to eat chicken chow mein in the back of his car, which I don't think him is what him think him is. No, I
0: you know she's sort of she she's saucy is Sadie, buddy saucy yeah, like Sadie. Her. That's why it rhymes, you know. Um, he actually <laughs> and Finn accidentally calls Sadie High Priestess because he's sort of it seems like he's talking to Sadie on his radio at the same time he's talking to Mandy through like a second connection, basically.
1: Yeah, um, gotta can't get those wires crossed or else the weird stuff's gonna come out of your mouth.
0: <laughs> yeah, Sadie gives him a fair, but Mandy orders him to go kill a newt and bring her. It's tabula rasa, which I guess we'll get to, we'll get, it, have an explanation for later, I guess.
1: <laughs> and she's like in the next 25
0: seconds. Yeah, get there. Finn parks and goes to break into an office block, donning his gear, this beast mask with a built-in gas mask, a length of vine that lets him climb every, anything and do some binding magics and a black dagger that seems to let him unlock doors and windows and stuff. Because they're made of earth things. I oh, yes. He's soon facing off against the jerks from the previous um, issue, agreeing with them that he's both thief, terrorist, and witch. Ooh, nice combo. Yeah, he tackles one of the men and stomps his chest in. But the other one starts to glow, endowing himself with psychokinetic power. His abilities are science-based, but not our science. The okay he calls- guy. Yeah, he calls Finn vermin and sends him flying, and this whole thing don't look good. Next time on Finn, get knotted. It's
1: I hope gross. he turns him
0: into, like, a, a Celtic knot. Oh, yeah, that's that's probably the top one, as opposed to some, again, weird fetish things. I don't want to get into it, Fox. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
0: all right. <clears throat> gross. All that said, yeah, listen, 100% gross. All that said, Fox... We've reached the end of our comics. All right. Hey, we made it. Nice. Nice. And with that, um, I,
1: um, I need to know what your top and bottom thrills are, buddy. Oh, God. Bottom is trash. Bottom is very much trash. I'm glad it's gone. <sighs> uh, yeah. I, you know, you, you called it out best. Uh, both your protagonist and your villain having nothing to do with the outcome of anything sure seems stupid. Um, but I'm eyeing Brig and Doom. I mean, we talked, we talked about that a lot. Mm. And I, you know, I'm eyeing you, Brigand Doom. You're on, you're on thin ice. Um, take some gas and call me in the morning. You know, <laughs> uh, that said top. Oh, I really do like the thrilling con- conclusion of Justice 1. It was really fun. Of course, I'm loving Skiz, but that's still ramping up. I mean, the big reveal just happened with the snuffer. Um and it's it's really too early for me to to give Finn a pass or a fail because it seems interesting enough. I like his getup. I like his pouches. I like his weird helmet. <laughs> dude's uh, Dude's got a psychic connection to a demonic lady. Seems pretty all right up my creek. But you goddamn... I'm giving it to Durham Red, man. Nice. Durham Red's from the top. Loved it. Loved the art. Loved... Uh, <laughs> apparently Carlos Vizcarra's obsession with butts. Um, but, you know, we get we get the reveal of the connection um, of why she's here. We're building up to that really awesome party. And I feel like it's going to just have this great payoff that I've been waiting for, you know? Nice. Yeah,
0: no, definitely. I'm ready for the for, for the violence, to for the uh, the retribution to start in Durham Red. Revenge stories are always su- such
1: a key part of Strontium Dog. So I'm happy to see that continued. <laughs> Hell yeah. So Conrad, mm. um, as I as I draw the necessary summoning symbols to force you, the words oh, no. from your mouth, I command thee. What were your top and bottom thrills? Oh, this question comes out of nowhere. But I think, <laughs> like, uh, listen, trash
0: bottom again. More than a, cl- it, it's not just a, it's not just a name. This is a terrible story. Hated it. Happy to see it gone. Get out of here. It's Oogie. Um, Dread, I thought was okay this month. Like, a font, like, you know, this is a, like, I appreciate, again, Anna's trying for these longer stories as we're sort of on the verge of a big, um, uh, mega epic and stuff of trying to do like a five or six parter here. So that's okay. Um, but not great. Um, Skiz, I'm really liking. I just sort of, you know, again, I think it's funny seeing just how bad things keep going from bad to worse for Skiz God, himself. Yeah. And it is fun to spend time with these characters as well. Like, you know, I've, I've, I, 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 I feel like we both talked about like, you know, Skiz being a character we really liked as well as Cornelius and things like that. So those are both fun, but I don't think they're the top thrill this time. Um. Again, I, I'll certainly like. I, I really agree with you a lot, actually. Because I'll put, um, Dur I'll put uh, Brigand Doom on notice. Like, it's been lucky the trash has been around, and now the trash is gone. <laughs> I think it should be worried about its position. You know, not yeah, being exactly. worse. Um, I'm interested to see where Finn goes. Very early days for Finn. It seems like we're, see- like, we're very much, um, jumping from one info dump to another. So. I think I'm ready, you know, I'm ready for the sort of the actual story to start as opposed to sort of this explanation of what the story will be, I guess. Um, Let's get this party started. You know? Yeah, exactly. we so see some blood and gore and guts, veins in your teeth. 100%. And so for my top, I will join you and say that it's got to be Durham Red. Um, solidarity. I'm, I'm this story. Yeah, solidarity, definitely. This story is real, really neat. I love the uh, adding some backstory to Durham Red, has been really cool. And just seeing her overcome this kind of hopeless situation she's been in um is really neat and so yeah yeah, i think that's really great and i just love the art and the imagery and stuff like that so um yeah i think it's um yeah definitely my my top
1: this month absolutely most radical i think we're coming you know this this month hustled a little bit i chugged kind of in the middle but you know
0: yeah, no, I mean there's some decent action and stuff like that. I should say we're just so you know we're sort of on the road to a reboot Prague, I guess, where everything sort of starts over again. Okay, but that's probably two, That's probably three Prague episodes from now. Seven, eight, like the Prague seven eighty is um is, is going to be all brand new, and that's going to be the start okay. of this dread epic and stuff like that as well. So oh, just, awesome! Love FYI. me a, a dread epic. Definitely, very exciting. Um, anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or our podcast site, dot 2000com Feel free to contact us at spacebinner 2000 at gmail.com in the 2080 forums. Or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages on Twitter. We're at Space Spinner 2K for everything else. Look like Space Spinner 2000, and we should be there. This show is brought to you by Steve Green, Robert Hardingham, Zane Kip Miller, and your friends, the 2080 Forums. If you'd like to join them and help support the show, we'd appreciate it. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash That's our podcast network. There you can support the show and receive a ton of excellent rewards, including advanced episodes coverage of Modern 2080 in the magazine, and even monthly Q&As with Fox and myself. Yeah. Yeah. Then come back next time as we'll reach the finale of Durham Red and everything else rolls on. More exciting times. Learn about this Finn (laughs) dude. I forgot to write a formal comeback next time thing. And until then... (laughs) (laughs) Conrad, he's Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000.